Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Well, it's uh, good to have you all here as we uh, are celebrating uh, New Year's. Lydia and I wish you the very best uh, year in 2024 that you could ever possibly have. Amen. May it be blessed, may it be prosperous, and may you just experience a greater level of God's love, God's favor, God's blessing into your life. Amen. How many of you want to live an inspired life, a blessed life, have a quality life, have a life full of goodies? I see those goodies coming in. Amen. Happy holidays. We interrupt this prayer (laughs) for happy holidays. And we're going to really, because of the power and the promises in the Word of God, uh, we are going to live the high life. How many of you were in church the day I preached living the high life? C-H-A-I. Uh, high in Hebrew, to life, lechaim. God wants us to have life, abundant life, not just eternal life, although if that's all you get, it's a pretty good deal. (laughs) If you have to suffer through this world and have nothing to uh, uh, rejoice about except eternal life, you still couldn't praise the Lord enough. But God said, I have come to give you life, and that life more abundantly. It's the high life. So uh, may it be filled with God's wisdom, God's favor, God's grace and mercy. Amen. May he guide us and direct us and counsel us according to your unique purpose in life. Uh, We're all members of the body of Christ. Each of us have unique roles. And Father, help us to understand what those unique roles are and how to pursue those things with passion. And Father, may all these things, all these characteristics and qualities uh, bring us into being a more influential person in our family, at work, in uh, our church, and in our community. Walking in vision, walking in compassion, walking with discernment, walking with influence. And we give you thanks and praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone who's going to have their best year ever so far, shout amen. Amen, amen. Amen. So we're in Torah study number 12 today. Uh, in Genesis 47 through 50. And uh, today I want to get into eight spiritual principles uh, that God will use uh, to elevate your destiny. All of us have a divine destiny. 
And God's going to manifest more and more of that destiny as we apply certain principles uh, from the Bible into our lives on an everyday basis. Uh, And in today's Torah study, uh, uh, it uh, opens up the... uh, uh, the door to talk about these things uh, because we find uh, in this study, especially in verses 48 or chapters 48 and 49, we find Jacob, uh, who is 147 years old. Uh, he's lived the last 17 years of his life in sort of an exile in Egypt. It's been a good life for him, though. Uh, He's ready to go home to be with the Lord. He's faithfully fulfilled his divine assignment. And uh, in these chapters, he calls uh, his twelve sons to come before him so he can lay hands on them and impart into them a unique and divine blessing into their lives. It's a generational blessing. Who believes in generational blessings that you can pass down through your life, through your spiritual DNA? You can pass that down to your children and grandchildren. Uh, uh, On the surface, it may not seem like they're getting it. (laughs) Some, Some are getting it. Some more than others. I'm talking about my family. But we keep interceding and praying for that divine destiny to continue to manifest. And may there be a hunger and a thirst in our loved ones, our children, our grandchildren, in our own lives, a hunger and thirst to know more about the Lord and His plans and purposes for our lives. And that's what's kind of behind Jacob laying hands on the twelve sons. He knows they're going to need to be empowered because they're not just going to be 12 sons. They're about ready to be the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so each of the tribes needs to be empowered with some unique traits, with some abilities to accomplish their unique mission for Israel Uh, And uh, it's no coincidence that this is the 12th Torah study uh, in the Torah cycle. Uh, And it it plays a huge part in Jacob blessing his 12 sons. Torah portion 12, 12 sons of Jacob who become the 12 tribes. And 12 just happens to be uh, God's biblical number for government. Government. And it speaks to the idea that there is a divine order in this world. And there's a divine order for you and me. On one level, it's a general order. Everyone needs to follow these Ten Commandments and then uh, all these other principles combined. No one's immune. No one's exempt. There's all these general principles. And really, there's a thousand and one. And part of the adventure of Christianity is realizing more and more, what are these principles? 
And which ones need to be applied to my life in this cycle? And uh, everyone's unique in that regard. And so you have these general principles, uh, but then also there's some unique things for you. Some things that God has hardwired into your life that you will gravitate to. And you need to understand what those things are, these traits, these loves, these knacks for doing certain things and responding in certain ways, feeling certain things. There's things that are unique to you. Some of you have the gift of mercy. Amen. Some of you have developed and have that gift of patience and peace. Some of you have that gift of leadership. Some of you have a gift for prayer, a gift for business, a gift for building things. Some of you are teachers and coaches and you desire to impart things to others to build them up and inspire them to be the best they can be. And we could go on and on and on. And that's behind Jacob laying hands on his 12 sons. And when you go through Genesis 48 and 49 and then study deeper uh, into what's behind all of this, you realize that Jacob saw in his sons the unique traits, 12 different major traits that they needed to bring to bear uh, as individuals to help the whole nation of Israel succeed and prosper. And that's kind of what it's like in the body of Christ. Right? We're all members of the body of Christ. And who can say that one member is greater than another, the Bible teaches. Right? Every member has a part to play. And each of us, as we learn and study and gravitate towards our unique purpose and part in the body of Christ, it makes the church a better place, it makes the family a better place, it makes the world a better place. Amen? So, uh, uh, 12, the number 12 is linked to completeness, perfection, and wholeness. And so, as we find our role and we flow in our divine purpose, there comes with it a sense of fulfillment, of completeness, of perfection. Well, I don't know what my divine purpose is. What is my purpose? That's your pur- if you don't know, that becomes your purpose. To find out what your purpose is. And the beauty of it is, is uh, it can start with just uh, simply just love people. Just be a blessing. Just do something to get started. To find your destiny. And you'll find that helping others and being a blessing to others is quite often the fastest way to find out what God has planned for you. Amen? Uh, this is also connected, the number 12, with leadership. Just as there's 12 sons, 12 tribes, there's also 12 stones on the high priest's breastplate. In the book of Revelation, there are 12 gates surrounding, leading into the new Jerusalem. And then inside uh, the New Jerusalem, there's a tree of life that will bear fruit 12 times a year. 
according to Revelation 22. And so 12 is a number that is meant to speak to us and get us thinking about government and a divine order and a divine structure. Now, not everybody has to be structured the same way, but the last thing that you want is to be chaotic. She's all over the map. Uh Uh-oh, here she comes again. God doesn't want anybody to be scatterbrained. Right? He has a, a way to do things decently and in order. There's a governmental structure. And the more we understand what all of that involves, the better it is for our family. Our personal life first and foremost, but our family and how we uh, uh, handle things on the job, at the church, and more and more and more. Of course, uh, Jesus called and appointed 12 disciples. And after his death and resurrection, He conferred upon them all power and authority to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Making disciples of all men. That's leadership. And each one of us are a disciple. And disciple at the root is discipline. And so with our Christian lives, there has to come a sense of accountability and discipline on how we handle our affairs. We just can't be uh, uh, getting cars repossessed, uh, have 12 credit cars that are maxed out, and uh, uh, our house is a mess, the dishes haven't been washed in a week, the laundry's piled up uh, like a uh, a mini mountain, and uh, when are you going to vacuum your floor? (laughs) And on and on and on. A divine order, a divine structure, an accountability, a call to be disciplined in our spiritual life, in our family life, in our financial life, in how we maintain our health and healing, and on and on and on. Okay. I know that may uh, uh, not make us uh, very happy. I've got to be accountable! (laughs) Discipline! I'm going to a different church. I want the easy way. (laughs) All right. We'll see how that works out for you. If you think education is expensive, try ignorance. So this is all the spiritual backdrop as we begin 2024. Uh, And it's meant to relate to us in a way that we sense and feel God calling us uh, into higher and higher steps of leadership. It's a call to discover who you are in Christ. Uh, It's it's a, a call to discover your divine assignment. And where you begin in God with your divine assignment may not be where you end. When uh, we got saved back in 1984, one of the uh, first things that we uh, did was volunteer uh, in the two-year-old ministry. Uh, And uh, they went from terrible twos to terrific twos. We just started somewhere. 
Well, what should I do? The need is the call. Okay, the need is the call. Any need that you see is the calling of God. Now, you may not be the one to do that, but you can pray, God, fill that need. I don't feel that's my calling, but I stand in agreement and in intercession that that need will be filled according to your riches and glory. Amen. But this is all why we're saved. Why are we saved? Right? What's the purpose of salvation? Just hunker down in my uh, little home and in my bomb shelter until Jesus comes. Come on, Lord, hurry up. I'm running out of 25-year-old food. (laughs) You're created to be a blessing, created to make a difference. Amen. That's why we're saved. And there's no other Christian in all the world that God is going to use uh, the same way as He's going to use you. Amen. You've been designed for special purposes. Praise God. And look, frankly, the body of Christ needs you, needs me, needs all of us. Too many Christians sit on the sidelines. They sit in the pews. And their Christianity is pew-based. Pewy-based. We have it all wrong. You're not at 10 o'clock, you're not going to church service. You're going to church receive us. <laughs> you're going to receive. Church service is if you're in Kid City. If you're in Ignite, if you're working the, the hospitality team at the front door, or at the door of the sanctuary, and you're shaking hands, and you're sharing love, and you're being a blessing, you're running a life group, you're uh, rallying the troops in your own special way, that's church service. Just attending church is church receivus. You're receiving from the Lord. You're not serving the Lord. Amen. That's a new one, huh? So, thinking about all of this and adapting to all of this, absorbing to all of this, to me, it puts you and I in the best position uh, to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. Notice he didn't say, Well thought of. Great thinking. When it's all said and done, there's usually more said than done. And uh, that's where Christians need to learn to be proactive. Uh, The first pastor that we had in Seattle, Washington, taught us, uh, God finds it a lot easier to steer someone who's moving. It's a lot easier to steer a moving bicycle. Amen. So, well done, Done, done. Operative word. And, uh, and so here's a scripture for you that helps to back that up. In Ephesians 1.8, you can turn over there. It says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Wow. God, light up our lives. 
Give us creative imagination on what's possible. And may He flood you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. My gosh. There is a full revelation we're going after. Amen? We've got part of that revelation today. Some of us have a smaller part. Some of us have a bigger part of what that revelation of our calling is. But God wants to flood you with light going into 2024. Illuminate your eyes. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. That we would see the hope of our calling. And then have the proactive mindset to pursue it. Let's get after this thing. Amen? Amen. So, let's get into eight principles that will help you accomplish that. Number one, fall in love with God again. Amen? There's a difference between having religion and having a relationship, isn't there? And uh, one of the things that through the years... Uh, is I've tried to avoid becoming religious. I'm not the most religious guy around. You know, Mr. Pious. I want to welcome thee to Torah study today. As we open the Word of God, may God reveal great things to thee. I just don't roll that way. Now, maybe that's somebody's cup of tea. But uh, number one, fall in love with God again. It reminds me of the old saying, keep the main thing the main thing. Ever heard of that? Pastor always uh, reminds me of that. What do we always say, Scotty? Keep the main thing the main thing. Amen. And the main thing for every Christian is our spiritual life. Our relationship with the Lord. Each of us needs a strong, vibrant relationship with the Lord. Now you may do it a little different than me, but what keeps you connected to the Lord is so important. Amen? And so as we head into 2024, we want to make sure we haven't left our first love. And if we have, let's return to our first love. And part of that is based on putting God first in our priorities. Right? There's an old uh, parenting thing you could apply to this. Uh, How does a parent and child relationship how do you spell love in a parent child relationship t i m e time that's how you spell love and that's how you uh, spell love in a relationship with the lord t i m e you've got to spend time amen And so the power of spending time with the Lord in praise and worship and in prayer and in studying and hanging out with the saints of God, coming to Torah study or uh, an all-church potluck or a Christmas concert or whatever, it can't be understated how important that is. 
they're just for all of us. And obviously, I'm preaching to the choir here because you got up early and came in. Uh, uh, the church as a whole uh, needs to return to hungering and thirsting for the presence of God. Amen. One of the great verses in the Bible that expresses what falling in love with God is all about is Psalm 42.1. You have your Bible? Go over to Psalm 42.1. In Psalm 42.1 it says, and this is David. I think he's at En Gedi when he writes this. Have you ever been to En Gedi in Israel? It's in the middle, an oasis in the middle of of the uh, desert. And he writes, King David, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Wow. Amen. So may we feel that going into 2024. Father, I love you so much. I devote my life to you. I put you first in my life. I know you care for me. I know 2024 is going to be a powerful year as I keep you first. Say amen. 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 If we love the Lord, we're going to be like Mary of Bethany who sat, the Bible says, at the Lord's feet, listening to what He said. Amen. Amen. Luke 10.39 If we love the Lord with all of our heart, the psalmist's description in the Word of God will resonate in us. And it says in Psalm 19.10, It is more precious than gold. Much more than pure gold, sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. The presence of God. Amen. So, how many of you are in agreement? Return to your first love. Amen. Fall in love with God again. One of the ways, uh, one of the principles that will help us elevate our divine destiny. Number two, learn to pray extraordinary prayers. We have a prayer boot camp coming up next Saturday. And a lot of us will be teaching. I encourage you to come and grab someone and be here for that. I believe it's from 10 to 2, prayer boot camp next Saturday. Uh, because learning to pray is essential to have a strong spiritual life. Because you need to know how to do binding and loosening. How to tear down strongholds. How to resist the devil and make him flee. How to usher in the presence and anointing of God. There's just so many things. First uh, John 5.4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And so our destiny is birthed by seeking the Lord in prayer. That's where His wisdom is downloaded. That's where creative things suddenly percolate in your soul. That's where you get counsel and direction and guidance as you're engaging in a supernatural process called prayer. What do they always say? If you're too busy to pray, you're... Too busy. Amen. 
You know, and when we open ourselves up to the Lord in prayer, some of that prayer is praying in the Holy Ghost. Getting filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, an unknown language, a heavenly language, the language of angels. It just flows out of you like a river of living water. You're praying the perfect will of God. You don't know, the Bible says, what it is you're praying, but it's the Spirit of God praying through you for your specific need. Yeah. And that's how you keep the relationship with the Lord fresh. And it'll always lead to fresh vision, fresh ideas, new ideas, a new way of looking at an old problem, and on and on and on. James 5.16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of righteous men and women avails much. Well, how do I get to the place in my life where I'm praying effective prayers? Well, you need to be coached up on that. Prayer boot camp's coming up. Uh, I don't have the book in front of me, but uh, one of the first books we bought after we got saved is a yellow book. Uh, Prayers That Availeth Much by Jermaine Copeland. Is that, is that her name, Jermaine Copeland? She's got like four editions. Uh, so this is back in 1984. We got this yellow book. I, I, I know uh, I bought a couple of them and given them away. But she has prayers that are crafted, built out of the Word of God for every circumstance. You just can't pray your feelings. That's a big mistake Christians make. They pray how they feel. They're like that guy Morris, whatever his last name was. Feelings. My prayers are nothing more than feelings. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, or, or our prayers have never advanced past the now I lay me down to sleep stage. <laughs> Look, if you're going to win the spiritual warfare battle in life, it's got to be more than now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> So where do I go? Prayer boot camp, prayers that availeth much, uh, and uh, there's other great books on prayer too where people will teach you uh, the principles of prayer. Amen. Number three, another spiritual principle to elevate your destiny. Write your vision and make it plain. Amen. There's a uh, 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 a concept that we need to live with vision from God's word, not from a vision of your negative history and negative experiences. And this is where sometimes we get tripped up because our negative experiences. Uh, are more what we think about and talk about and rehearse and relive over and over and over, over and over and over again. Oh, flashback. That's where having a vision for the Word of God is so much needed. What is God's Word for every circumstance? How do I put that in my prayers? How does that become a part of my lifestyle, my thinking? Think on these things. Amen? Habakkuk 2 speaks of receiving a vision from heaven. 
and writing it down plain and simple. I'm going to be a better Christian in 2024. I'm going to put God first in all my, uh, in all my life. And then Habakkuk says, not only write it down plain and simple, he says, one day that will come to pass. One of the great business leaders that I followed for 30 plus years is Brian Tracy. And Brian Tracy, a great business and motivational speaker, businessman, he said, just by writing down your goals and putting them aside, like for us, putting it in your Bible and never thinking of it again, you're more likely for it to come to pass. This is a businessman. It's more likely you wrote it down, you made it plain, you stuck it in your Bible, you haven't thought about it much, but just the act of doing that, God will honor that according to Habakkuk 2, and one day it'll come to pass. And this time next year, you can go back to your list and realize, OMG. God was working behind the scenes to make something special happen in my life. Amen? Why? Because it's a blueprint. It's what you're feeling God is speaking to your heart. Amen? Not everyone's goals are the same. There, yeah, there's general goals that are all the same. But as far as what your unique purposes and the goals surrounding your family life your financial life everybody's going to have something a little bit different but your goals are just as important as my goals amen and as you get this vision it does require some action amen every vision requires corresponding action or it's just a daydream. Every vision requires corresponding action or it's just a daydream. That's why when you're living by faith, when you walk by faith, you're a proactive person. Amen. You're not just reacting to everything. I'm just living my life, and whatever happens, I'll somehow... No, you're proactively praying. You're proactively writing things down. You're proactively taking spiritual responsibility for your life, your destiny, your future. Amen? And that's what allows you to rise above your comfort zone. That's what allows you to defeat procrastination. That's what brings you into a dimension of excellence. Amen? An excellent, uh, uh, a, a, a dimension of advancement. Amen? We need to be advancing. From the first time we got saved, uh, we went to advances, not retreats. Well, why do they call them advances? Because we're not retreating, our pastor. We're not retreating. We're advancing. And this weekend, you're going to advance your spiritual life, and you're going to advance further into your destiny. Amen. We're not retreating. We're advancing. How many of you love the idea of advancing? Amen. And when you know your purpose, and you have your priorities uh, in order, 
it's easier to stay on track with all of this. Okay? Once you have this personal revelation stirring in you, it, it's a lot harder to get sidetracked. And don't you know the devil loves to sidetrack people? Amen. There's a way that seems right, but the end of it all ends in a mess. And so, uh, this is why the experts teach the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. What are your priorities? Schedule those. Just being on Facebook eight hours a day may not uh, uh, get you to where you want to go. Amen? So, yeah, there's all of these things. uh, But it all comes down to God give us spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears to hear, open my eyes, illuminate me, help me to see the pathway you have carved out for me and give me the courage to go after it. Amen? Amen? Stephen Covey once wrote, Stephen Covey was the late great guy that wrote the book Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. He, he wrote, uh, wouldn't it be a bummer to climb the ladder of success only to find out it was leaning against the wrong wall? <laughs> Interesting, huh? And it's those kind of concepts that will keep you sharp right? Everybody's got their own uh, adages, axioms, and little quips and phrases that stimulate you and keep you on track. Uh, That just, that's how I roll. Okay, number four, admit your mistakes. Admit your mistakes. No one's walking on water. We've all blown it. We all make mistakes. Admit them, say you're sorry, and deal with that. There's a story about a young man who was promoted to fill the position of a retiring senior exec who had a brilliant record of achievement. And the young man asked him for the secret of his success. And the old man answered two words. Right decision. The young man, kind of perplexed, asked him, but how do you know how to make right decisions? Experience, replied the executive. Well, how do you get the experience, the young man asked once more. And the retiring executive replied, two words, wrong decisions. Making mistakes isn't the end of it all. It's usually a pathway to something better if you'll acknowledge what those mistakes are and get them fixed. Amen? That's why, and Tamara uh, knows this so well, she's worked uh, with me and for Pastor Huck for uh, many a year. How many years, Tamara? Twelve years. Uh, For me, it's not how fast I get the good news that counts running Larry Huck Ministries, it's how fast I get the bad news. Because usually the bad news is a mistake was made. 
And uh, the quicker I can correct the mistake, the less customer service and donor relations and this, that, and the other thing, the problems disappear because you're, you're paying attention to those things. It can't be Mr. Ostrich. Oh, I don't see it. I don't want to make it go away. <laughs> okay. I heard T.D. Jake say this once. Uh, God uses your past failures, sins, and mistakes not to break you, but to make you. Amen. Amen. So, praise God. Number five, bloom where God has planted you. You're planted at new beginnings right now. Well, I want to be an anonymous member. God doesn't count you anonymously. If you're here, you're in. right? You're part of the body. You're part of the church. And if you're visiting, you know, wherever you're at, bloom where you're planted. Uh, a great 2024 means forming a partnership with God and with God's people. Okay? God's people are counting on you. It could be as simple as today, whoever you're sitting next to here in the main service, just smiling and being happy and pleasant and saying, God's got uh, a great new year coming for you and me. 2024 is going to be our best year ever so far. Amen. Amen. Just stuff as simple as that. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12 teaches, and we mentioned this, we're all members of the body of Christ. And each of us have a distinct role to play. We can all be filled with joy. We can all smile. We can all have general things. But there are some unique things that God is wanting you to do, so get planted. It may start in Kid City. It may start being a host and a hostess at a fit for life. It may be that you link yourself to a pastor, Pastor Troy, Pastor Nancy, Pastor Lydia or me, and you just always show up for corporate prayer. You always show up for prayer events. You always show up to any event that they're leading, and you use that as an opportunity for God, use my life in whatever way, small or large, to be a blessing to help inspire and equip the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> if you don't know what your divine assignment is, get busy praying about it. Seek the Lord and ask some people that know you. Get some input from them. Just remember, you got to get started. Uh, two-thirds of God's name is go. Let's go. The need is the call. And God will guide you from there. Amen. And then part of that journey includes what it says in Ephesians 4.1. You can turn over there. In Ephesians 4.1, it talks about walking worthy of the calling by which you've been called. Yeah, there's, uh, as you're trying to bloom, it helps to have integrity. Blooming spiritually, I mean, it, it helps to have some standards. 
right? It helps uh, that you have this sense of responsibility and accountability. So look for opportunities to bloom. Amen. Number six, uh, in this quest uh, to elevate your divine destiny, learn to sow seed towards your need. Amen. Your destiny is wrapped up in the principle of seed, time, and harvest. You plant the seed, uh, but before there's a harvest, there's usually some time involved. And the test of time is a test of faithfulness. It's a test of maturity. It's all tied into this law of sowing and reaping. And God set it up that we need to learn to sow where we want to go. If you want to climb the ladder of success, if you want God to elevate your life, if you want to get further along and advance further than where you are today, then you need to sow towards that. And one of the, uh, the secrets to that is where you sow your time. Also, where you sow your talent. And finally, where you sow your treasury. Your time, your talent, your treasury. And that's what's going to lead... Oh, there's my grandson. Hi, little buddy. Come here. Everybody, this is Kai. Kai, this is everybody. Anybody on Zoom today, Gerald? Six people. Hi, Zoom family. We love you. Amen. Okay, go back with your mom. Train up kids in the way they should go. I don't want to go to church. He never says that. So anyways, uh, when uh, you sow into the kingdom, God will pay you back with huge dividends and doors of opportunity doors of promotion doors of blessing will come your way it's linked to the old idea you can count the seeds in an apple but you can't count the apples in a seed and so every seed you sow has the ability to produce a miracle harvest amen number seven watch your words The Bible teaches over and over again our words, our confession uh, lead to either good things or bad things. Proverbs 18.21 Life and death are in the power of your words. And our Jewish brothers and sisters uh, write a lot about what they consider to be one of the worst forms of speech. Uh, It's called Lashon Hara, uh, the evil speech. And one of the worst uh, forms of Lashon Hara and evil speaking is when you're saying that about yourself. I'm not good enough. I'll never get ahead. Things will never change. And it's that kind of negative self-talk that the devil will capitalize on to keep you from experiencing the fullness of God's plan for your life. 
You can't, you know, look, if you grew up like I grew up in a family, just lots of criticism, right? That, I think there, I wish I had that poem about a child who grows up with criticism learns to be a critic. And uh, we just have to learn how dangerous negative speech, speech is, especially about yourself in a demeaning. You are a child of God. And you have a divine destiny. And the Lord says, I know the plans that I have for you. And you have a hope. You have a future. Amen. And so we don't want to lower our self-esteem. We want to build that up because otherwise you're nullifying a lot of the things God wants to do. How many of you want to cast off every... Somebody should write a book, No Limits, No Boundaries. Oh, she did, Pastor Tiz. Well, one of the ways you live with no limits and no boundaries in a positive sense is you learn how to get on the right side of speaking uh, faith rather than speaking fear. Amen? It's interesting uh, that in ancient Jewish wisdom, it teaches the world that God created is not clear-cut. Not everything is settled. Many of the circumstances and challenges that we face are subject to interpretation. There's more than one way for the events of your life to be interpreted. That's Joseph's life. He's in this Torah study today too. And in this week's study, he again says, Look guys, because once Jacob died, the brothers thought, "Uh Uh-oh, now that he was just holding back until daddy died, and now he's going to throw the book at us. Uh, You guys got it all wrong. What you did to me, you thought it was for evil? Uh, But it was God's hand in this, God's plan, what the devil meant for evil. God turned it around, and now we're all saved. So, your words can tip the scales. That's what we're saying. Your words, positive, negative, can tip the events that you're in one way or the other. Because things aren't decided yet. And maybe that spiritual authority, that spiritual power, that spiritual dominion that God has put in you will tip the scales uh, into your favor. How many of you like that idea? Me too. Amen. Finally, and then we'll close with this. uh, Number eight, sharpen your saw. We mentioned this earlier. in that if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. Uh, So you need to sharpen your saw. What do we mean by that? Uh, In one sense, you're the greatest asset you have. You are your greatest asset. You are uh, the CEO of your own personal improvement company. You are, and and in my case, I'm Scott Sigmund, CEO. You are the CEO of your life, you and the Lord, of course. But you're the greatest asset you have. And when you invest in yourself, sharpening the saw, you're investing in your future. And you're investing in where God can really take you. 
And this investment in, in yourself means taking care of yourself. Please, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself spiritually. Don't let people come into your life and lay trips on you all the time, man, and you just feel drained emotionally and you're drained spiritually because every time they show up, every time they call you on the phone, it's, it's Debbie Downer. It's Donnie Downer just bringing you down. Uh, can't talk now. <laughs> I'll get back with you later. Love you. Stay positive. <laughs> it, it's attributed to Lincoln. I don't know if this was the case. He once said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. Uh, this speaks to the idea of working smarter, not harder. But it also tells us that the duller the blade the greater the effort required. Amen? So as believers, we've got uh, a divine destiny. God has great plans for our life in 2024. Amen? Uh, uh, But we just need to remember some things and apply some principles. And uh, let me say this, that the road to your destiny, you always have to consider the road to my destiny is always under construction. I'm always figuring out new ways to get things done, new ways to handle things. I'm reading, I'm studying to show myself approved. Uh, Why do we have to do all that? Because the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. (laughs) amen so it'll be a good journey we'll have a great time on the way god is with us so who can be against us let's make 2024 a year we move forward in the lord and uh, let's just do it together with joy with peace with vision and all these other things we've talked about today Amen? amen amen give the lord a praise Thank you for joining us on Zoom. We love you. Come to church if you can. And uh, we'll be streaming live in about 10 minutes. Amen, amen, amen.